You're listening to the Potato Candy Network. Hello and welcome back to Blank Scenario. I am your host, Marie, a.k.a. Queen Yellow. I am Sir Isaac Sir Sasquatch. I am Casey the Grumpy Elf. I am Emily Darkling. And today we have a prompt from Sir Isaac Sir Sasquatch. Okay, so... If you're listening to this, most likely it's November and hopefully fall wherever you are. Or you're a time traveler. Yes. So I had a epiphany while listening to another D&D podcast called D&D is for Dads. You need to listen to this. You guys, if you listen to the first five minutes, you will love it. I haven't heard okay. anything this funny for a while. But Question. <clears throat> yes. Um, actually, it's October. Is this the one where there are a bunch of dads who get transported to D&D realms? That's one kids? of the same. Mm-hmm. I thought really? that was Dungeons and Daddies. That probably is. Like, okay. I just... I remember starting that. I was Freddy not Wong. a huge fan of the druid character. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. So I had to go back and give another listen. In yeah. that case, anyway, you, guys, you guys will probably see where I'm going with this. But I have not listened to it. So oh, well, I will be surprised. So the I'm not giving anything away by saying this, but it starts out with them being involved with a peewee soccer game. And it struck me that we have not done a sports-themed episode yet, or at least not a one with a, the typical sports trope. Because sports suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoken like a nerd. <laughs> but, I mean, there, there's plenty of things out there we could do with it. That, and so... Out of curiosity, yeah. uh-huh. do you have a sport in mind already for this? Because if do. not, I okay, I do. I mean, so, I have one, but Shaolin soccer. No, so, hey, so I showed you the sport mm-hmm. could be interchangeable. But so here's where I'm going with this. How many of you have ever heard of Warhammer Blood Bowl? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so what if there was a Peewee Warhammer Blood Bowl, and uh, how exactly would you go about uh, fixing a game for your side to win? <laughs> Have you completed your little pass I'm into this one? Pretty much that is my pitch. Okay. You, you guys deal with me. So I will I will introduce the little bit that I had on, on this topic, and then I'm sure Emily probably has something too. So on Netflix, there is a series currently out called Home Game. And one of the things in Home Game is an Italian game. It is played in Florence. Oh, I don't I don't remember. It's it's an Italian name of it. But the basic gist of it, this game started back in Italy in Florence when they were besieged by another group. And they started this competition to show that they were stronger than this group outside that was besieging them. It is essentially football mm-hmm. with no pads, um, styled like rugby without kicking and punting and anything. So no pads, but the thing that makes it unique is that there is bare knuckle boxing in the middle of this competition. It's intense. It is legitimately people people will say they only play like four games in a year and people say that you will never start with the same team that you end with going into the final because inevitably someone will get injured. 
you you have to go in knowing like grapples and kickboxing and actual physical I'm gonna punch you in the face and knock you down because once you're down on the ground you can't get up until a point is made. So Blood Bowl. Basically. <laughs> but yeah. without pads. Well, right. Blood Bowl without the dying. And my original thought when when running across that was this would make a great scenario prompt mm-hmm. to have a rigged setup in a town that this is this traditional game and seeing where your characters land in the middle of it. So we great minds. Yeah, we're, we're on we're on a wavelength here. Yes. So my question is are you doing a Blood Bowl version of this where your players can get involved or are you doing a peewee version that your players have to coach a bunch of orc and goblin and elf kids on how to play this game and cheat? Okay, I really like that second one actually. Um <laughs> Because I can so, just see oh, having that's so cool. Yeah, it's like Shaolin monks grab, yeah. doing hands in soccer. Yep. Oh, cool. I want to play that. No, I don't. You, you really to, don't. You have to have been born in Florence to pl- to participate. Okay. And where you're born determines what team you're on, no matter where you move to. Okay. You're permanently on that team. I'm I'm a mud blood. Yeah. Yeah. It oh. is a it's a fascinating history to watch and how it's so integrated to the city and its history. Yeah. Tell you what, the let's... winners get a cow. That's it. That's it. It's meant to be a game of honor. It's not meant to be a game for, for money or for anything else. But you basically dedicate your life to it whenever you do it. My grandpa must join. have won that like so many times. <laughs> 30 heads. That would explain his uh, amazing stamina and how he lasted as long as he did into his old age. Straight up. Grandpa was a tank. But enough about my grandpa. So, Pee-wee um, football. That's another, that's another <laughs> blank scenario. Okay, so Pee-wee Calcio Storico. That, because that's the name of that one. Yeah. Okay. So you have to be a coach to a bunch of kids. I I actually really like that idea, so I'm going to lock <laughs> that in. For whatever reason, you've been brought in, or your party's been brought in, as the coach of a peewee sport. I'm going to leave the Blood Bowl part out, you know, and if you guys decide you want to take the peewee part out, that's fine too. But you have been brought in as a coach to help mentor this team so that they win for whatever reason. We, we can We can fill in the details as we go. But you are the coach. Casey, what was the name of the sport again? Calcio Storico. C-A-L-C-I-O. Calcio. Okay, I'm just going to do Calcio just so I know what it's called. Okay. Okay. So I like the idea then that you could even have it be where you're almost, this is your community service. Because we've talked in past episodes (laughs) of the consequences of your party doing something this is the mighty ducks all this over is again. very much yes, a community service yes. situation where you have this team that's ragtag the coaches quit you guys are adventurers you can fight i guess you can help these kids win this game right don't care if they win just go it's the bad news mighty little giants that's what <laughs> this is mm-hmm. again all of the sports of the underdog and depending upon your party there may not be any hope of the team actually winning but it'd be interesting to see of just playing a bunch of these little kids, and you could have all kinds of races show up. You could have orcs, you could exactly. have the elves, you could have a changeling even that shows up, and you have to handle, basically make your party know what it's like to be a teacher for a day. <laughs> I've got a great idea that Isaac oh, no. will love. So we we do not support this TV show, but South Park did an episode at one point <laughs> that was a riff on all of those ragtag group of kids shows <laughs> where one of the one of the boys is forced to coach a kindergarten hockey team where they basically don't know how to play they're barely able to skate 
but he's forced to coach them. And at the end of the episode, there's this big tournament that his team goes to at this massive arena. And their game is meant to happen in the halftime in between like <laughs> the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's adorable. And the other team doesn't show up. And so they decide, because the other team doesn't show up, Stan's team should take on the professional hockey player team <laughs> for the second half. And the the reason it becomes funny is because Stan introduces it like, well, if we believe any of these films we watched, you guys have a chance. Because <laughs> we have a locker room conversation right now. And they get badly destroyed. But I would love to see that in a game where not only are you put in charge of this peewee team, but you're basically told, oh, and by the way, this team is going to go up against this professional team. And you've got to get them prepared for that. Not at all how qualifying works. <laughs> no. Not at all. But logic has failed you. I mean, it's the how no, no, show. No, no, no. This is blank scenario. <laughs> oh, sorry. So the prompt No, for logic today, has guys... failed you. This is now logic has failed <laughs> yeah. Well, Ooh, you have... Twist. If you go, like, to the rodeo, they have, you know, the huge events, like the Bronco busting all, whatever they call them. I don't know half the names. Mutton busting. That's yeah, true. and then you have the sheep that gets let loose, and you have all the kids can go down and try to tackle the sheep. It's not super dangerous. It's meant for little kids. That's what I'm imagining this is. Like, you're with this team. If they win their local championship, they get to be the halftime show for the professionals, and then they get to play them. That works. That works for me. So you even have the stepping stone of, you just have to win. If you win, you get to go and see the professionals play this. Wait, so then you have, <laughs> at that logic, you have a six-year-old sitting in with the Cowboys for the poker game. <laughs> yep. It's like, last one to run wins, and the kid's like, I literally can't move out of my seat. <laughs> And so all these other cowboys are getting run over. See, I'm just picturing the Dallas Cowboys now. This little kid out on the field with the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, that kid could be any one of the Cowboys. If we, at that logic, you introduce a child to play in the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, we actually got a shot at this oh. point. Welcome to our blank scenario where we, for the first time ever, include sports. Go sports. Okay, sports fans. Sports ball. So we have over there Big Tommy with his size three diaper. Oh, he grew up the other day. He got promoted. Get more goals, baskets, and or timeouts than the other team. Uh, Woo! (laughs) Or just sell Gary Jones a black cat. He's after that one. Now I'm confused. Okay, the only time the Cowboys have won a game and it was epic, there's a black cat that ran across the field. Oh. um, And they won by a point and word was going around Gary Jones was looking for that. Mm. He says he'll uh, buy that cat for like sixty thousand dollars. So it'll become the mascot, and I'm like, we have a black cat. What's, it's not the black cat. Odd as I now want to include that in this. Anyways, <laughs> you were you were gonna say? So one trick I'm realizing with this is going to be with the idea of a peewee sport game. They're kids. Every race ages slightly differently. Uh huh. Orcs live six years and they mature fairly quickly. Elves are teenagers until they're like seventy five. So you're going to have a huge group and you can even if you wanted to have it be divided by race. We have the elves team versus the orcs team and the orcs at the age of four are going to be adults and the elves are literally babies. This is middle dragonborn (laughs) age really quickly by age three. They're basically 10 year olds. That's the equivalent that they're at. They mature very quickly. So you could really skew this in your party's favor or against them like you're you have the orc team okay no you have the elf team and you're going up against the orc team <laughs> i'm assuming we're going with just uh like elves as and wood elves not high elves and the snobby I mean, snobs 
Either one could work technically. This is a peewee sport. Well, the if you you guys remember that first one shot I ever did where we were at the Golden Grams and all that, and it was a big mm-hmm. sporting day. Yep. There was the background of all that was there was a big hodgepodge of this is the neutral zone where all the races come together. Get so you. it was legitimate. It legitimately made sense. You know, you were a Kenku. Yeah. Whatever that, it made sense for there to be several Kenku, and normally that's a race that's very rare and you don't see very often in D&D. Well, this is something that everyone's coming to, so mm-hmm. it's going to be common to see all these races. So you could have your three-year-old Dragonborn staring down at a you know five-year-old human, and the if, if you decide to run it this way, that's not against the rules. Now, you can also be like, well, we're going to say each race has their own guidelines, but it's flexible i want to lock in like isaac said this is a neutral zone for as far as races go this is a major area at least have trade this is a new sport they're trying to get (laughs) to basically bring people together well bring people together by making them compete that's their goal so part of the reason why you are brought in as a coach is because the rules are still flexible so this is like football before they made it a rule game this is early days of football the rules are really not there just yet they're still figuring it out so as you do things i'm just imagining rolling for a game and your players say okay we're gonna do this end of the game okay that's now against the rules you can't do that next time why because that five-year-old has a black eye and that's kind of (laughs) bad i love this you're just thinking about what it's like to play with your dad (laughs) what do you mean that's a rule that's always been a rule no it hasn't it wasn't a rule like five minutes ago whenever they did it yeah but it's a rule it really is a rule Kind of like some of our other scenarios, you can make up the rules as you go that way, or your players can petition for something to be a rule as well. Mm. So it gives them a little bit more leeway into this. Plus, it makes it a lot more chaotic as to, why are we doing this? Because the city thinks it's a good idea. Politics. I like the idea that they're children, because if this is a city of trade, and it's like, well, our children are up and coming, they should learn the trade. It's like, okay, but here's the thing. Instead of war... Let's have our children play against each other. So there, your proud parent, you can now bet like a, a thousand gold on your child, say he's going to win this many points. And then next thing you know, you have a hodgepodge, a massive pot going into this. Like, yeah, it's it's like five platinum already. So you want to put something into it? We got it. <laughs> Someone comes forward. So we need you to throw the game Soccer because mom. I have a thousand dollars riding exactly. on the fact yep. that this one kid will never make a goal. <laughs> It's like, here, here's this dragonborn. He's got, you know, green scales, yellow eyes. I need you to break his leg. Yeah. Break <laughs> his It'll leg. It'll heal. He'll be fine. Sweep hey, the leg. Just have a bunch of clerics on the sidelines ready to heal people. Just, you know, healing word, walk off. And just, you're fine. Pretty much. Oh, man. So, like, they have so striped robes <laughs> instead of striped shirts. They're running around the field. Exactly. They're running around being like, oh, you can't do that. Healing words. Yes. And there's cleric city. So, yeah, you have children that are learning the cleric ways. And that's, like, the only thing they know. So I'm clear on what we've got locked in right now. We've got that you are a coach, mm-hmm. and we've got that it is a new sport. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I that think... that changes some things that I was planning. So that's why I'm I'm mm-hmm. trying to. I don't know how closely I'm going to be able to stick to all of that's these, fine. but I'm going to try. These I mean, are more like guidelines anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so our where is a neutral point in a in a massive city of trade? Yeah, or just I a think, neutral zone. I feel like this might even be. <clears throat> As far as, you know, the structures it is, could be a lower income as well. Because if you think, like you mentioned, the high elves, they're doing things like archery and magical training. They're not going to be doing a brutal beatdown sport. This is definitely lower income kind of area. This is much more of the 
This is like a city of. Uh, I want to say ghetto, but not ghetto. There's a I better word for that. See, I would go in the exact opposite direction. Really? If this is If this is a new sport, typically new, typically, not always, new sports are invented by the hoity-toities. Mm. So especially if this is a very cosmopolitan city, this is something that is brand new that tests something about mm. them that, that these people have introduced that, just like with Calcio Storico, for them it was testing their metal, proving who was the stronger, whether it was those people on the outside besieging the city while they're they're having this contest inside or um, them having the contest who was stronger it, it always is meant to test something so if the hoity-toities are inventing this that tells you something dependent upon the city that you're in if it is a lower end city and it's a higher end group that's come up with it it's probably something to do not not that this is as boring as it sounds, but it's probably something to do with strategy and mathematics and s- tactics rather than something that is a physical skill. Would this be something where the game is being invented by the elite, but the players are being drawn in from everywhere? So this could be... I, I have not watched the series, but I believe it's called... Um, oh, what's the name of it? I don't, I don't remember the name. It's on Netflix, and it talks about the beginnings of soccer. And that soccer was meant to be a people's game, everyone's game, but only the hoity-toity started off playing it and others got introduced into it. So it could be, what was your question again? Because it tied into this. Um, the elite's creating, but anyone can play. So I, I think this could be for the interest of the story, and especially if we're doing this as the coach, and this might be the thing we lock in, our group, because we'll discuss it, our group is the is the lower end group that is trying to break into the sport. That is why you were brought in as a coach, because you as an adventurer have seen the world. You have a very cosmopolitan view and you and your group have a good idea or a good set of skills that will help this new team break into this and prove themselves. And if this is a peewee game, then it doesn't matter if you're a qualified player. You have the professionals who have been playing this, maybe it's a new game, you have the elite who've been training for it to get interest in it and more areas of the city. They have the peewee sport now that kids can do it. Mm-hmm. It's not as brutal, doesn't require so much training, but it's become a bit more accessible. I, I think here here's where I'm going to have one issue with this. I am loving this prompt, mm-hmm. and I'm loving our discussion on it. This feels more like a movie than mm-hmm. something we could play through because it's going to require a lot of, no, you can do it, and training mm-hmm. montages. So mm-hmm. what is what is the point of the players being there in your mind? That could be... A lot of times what we've done is we've tied someone in because they either had debt or because the city, they were breaking some city's rules or something mm-hmm. like that. I wouldn't mind avoiding that, but... That, I think, comes down to a party-by-party issue as to what's going to tie them in. So if they're looking for a job that's going to get them a lot of money, this would be a good one. If they're indebted to someone, if there is some sort of clout that comes with the winning team and you're representing whoever's needing that clout in the city, then that'd be a way to get them in. Uh, For the sake of the scenario we're making, that's probably the one I would go with, that you are there to represent someone and so you are trying to help them. The second thing, real quick, is I don't know if this has to be Pee-wee. I, I said that in the beginning, but I never locked it in. Um, this could be something for adult species, if that's something that you're more comfortable with your party doing. I just 
would have a lot of fun working with the younger race and forcing the players to coach them. So that's that is how I would run it. But you don't. I'm not. I'm not going to lock that in. If one of you guys want to, you can. But I, I'm going to ask this in a different way. Okay. Because I realized what I did. What is our main conflict? Because this is a great idea. What is our conflict? That the kids in this case won't work together. Okay. That that establishes something. I just then. threw something out there. So <laughs> okay. Because again, works, it's, it's an idea, but mm-hmm. we, we need something more than just an idea because otherwise it's just a movie. What are the characters doing? And if it's a conflict of we got to get them to work together. Mm-hmm. So now our discussion needs to go in the direction of how are we going about getting them to work together? Is it taking them on an adventure? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I, I had... Dungeon crawl. I had an idea and this kind of came from what you... One of you said about a... Uh, um, are you talking about a daycare called Dungeon Crawl? That would be hilarious. Okay, never mind. Different scenario. Oh, dear. Um, one of you brought up a lower income area or whichever. That got me thinking, what if this was the team that was the mixed race team? And as a result, from a bunch of different places, and this kind of contradicts what I said earlier about clout, as a result, this could be a team that's having trouble getting along. So the orcs don't want to work with anyone the dwarves don't want to work with anyone the elves are too high and mighty to work with anyone and the humans are just kind of there um and whatever and the gnomes are just too small to make a difference that that's one way we could go about it if there's a specific race that you think would have enmity between the players themselves that would be a good way to solve it there's also the motivation of winning if if you are needing to have a motivation for winning, you just got to make sure you get them to work together for the sake of winning. I think the goal of winning can really just be whatever your party needs it to be. Basically, if there's a favor of someone that they know that maybe they need help with these kids, like they have a local cleric they're friends with, the cleric says, hey, help coach these kids. If you have a party of a bunch of rogues, maybe they're in trouble with the law. If you have a party that's money hungry, maybe there is a winning pot. Hmm. that the team gets and as coach you'll get a huge chunk of it that could be kind of flexible whatever will motivate your party best that can be what you get when you win so do we want to lock that in then or did i miss that that lock we're locking in. in the the conflict is the kids don't want to get um, along yeah we can lock that in or that the kids I, I would adjust that and say that the kids can't get along okay yeah that works so it's you, a slight change but it makes a difference to me so your least. goal as coach is to get them to work as a team, whereas every other team is already established. We're the- full on in sports territory here. <laughs> this is the ragtag team that didn't qualify for anyone else, but they had to have a team anyway. It's a domino squad. This is every 90s movie about <laughs> school kids. Yep. Yeah, it is. This is every middle school sports film yep. ever. Okay, so we've got a couple points locked in. We have a couple more we could definitely do. I'm trying to think as far as... Because we have the conflict is a team can't work together. Mm-hmm. But even once they do work together, there needs to be a way for that to be challenged, I think. So I feel like there needs to be a rival team. Yeah, I was Where just there is say. the top team that is, you know, in the district just over that they have the team of I'm trying to think of really like I want to say orcs, but I don't know. Dragonborn. Dra- Dragonborn would be good, actually. It's, it's a really good race. It's pretty even. They're as, as, as tough as orcs and they're more intelligent typically. Who would you say are the Russians in D&D? <laughs> Not the dwarves. <laughs> and, and, by, yes. and by Russians, I also mean the the um, SSR. Ooh. Uh, 
I want to say dwarves or dragonborn, actually. I was going to say elves. Uh, el- no, they're Europe. Elves are French. You're- yeah. Oh, okay. They basically take Europe and just shove elves there. You're fine. Of all of the <laughs> fantasy races, who would be the SSR? I I just can't get behind dwarves because they're like the Scottish barbarian Vikings they are. that are I just really underground. Would Dragonborn, maybe then, because I think I don't think of orcs, but I think Dragonborn would fit really well. Orcs are for sure German, but I would I would argue Dragonborn could be Russian. Dragonborn. Yeah. Because there's, I can't think, now I don't know all the manuals and anything, but they're not really integrated into any other race or world or anything like that. They're just kind of there. I would say elephants, but they've just been recently introduced, so I don't mm-hmm. know that race. Which one? The elephants. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever that race Walks is. It on. We could also okay. say the Yuan-Ti, Ooh. the snake people. That'd be a good one. That could work for it. That'd be a pretty good one. I could if see we that. Would it would be interesting to do, especially with kids, because you'd have the different versions of Yonti. <laughs> no, wait. Well, here, here's, here's the reason I say Yonti, is that with, with and the reason I say the SSR, this is the movie Miracle. I don't know that it's one. It's the American team that's coming back to fight the SSR team <clears throat> that is like the perfect team. That's your rival team right there. Or we could have the rival team be comprised entirely of Rakshasa. That's also a good idea. Oh, dear. Uh, Why not? I mean, you think in Russian. I think the Yonti works because Yonti aren't liked by anyone. And they're also, in a lot of the lore, basically cultists. That'd be interesting. Yeah, but if you want something a little bit easier to work with, just Russian. You said Russian, and then I'm thinking about it. Okay, so... Here, here's what we lock in because we're pulling all the '90s tropes here. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. So here's yeah. what we lock in: that the the rival team is a team uh, comprised. Well, we don't have to com- to say what the rival it's team is comprised of, but there is a rival team, and the rival team is coast is coached by your old coach. Ooh. One of the players is connected to this, like an old mentor or something. But if you wanted to split the difference, it could be a team of Yanti that is coached by a Rakshasa, That'd which be would good. be really, really fun be. to run with. That would be interesting. I love the idea of Yanti too, because you have the purebloods, mm-hmm. but you also have all the variations within that. So you have the people with the who look like a snake from the bottom down or the from the um, halfway up, they're a snake versus ones who look like humans. Yeah, that, the, so you end up with a very varied looking team that blooded. makes it a lot more flexible. Ironically, Emily, the benefit that you get from this with using a Rakshasa as the coach instead of the whole team, if this is one of the player's old mentors, bring them up as, oh yeah, you once killed him. Because Rakshasa can come back from the dead with all of their memories. Yes. So this is an old rival that you, your player once killed and has come back and is now coaching the rival team that you now have to fight against. That's your pushback. We just made Blank Scenario into a campaign because this is basically... Um... Nah, it's not a campaign. This is not <laughs> yes, a campaign. Yes, it is. This is the Tiger... This is still a one-shot. This, this is the... Um... all of them together. <laughs> this is the circus that you went to no, several no, episodes back. <laughs> we have to work it out. No, no, no. He no. could just be someone you've killed. It counts. I mean, if somebody wanted to run our literal Tiger King scenario... <laughs> and then run and this one. <laughs> then, you know, ran out of ideas about a year later and then ran across, I don't know, this episode, you know... It's doable. We'll write the campaign campaign book someday. <laughs> but yeah, that I love that idea, though. 
of, of combining those two. So I got a question on when. Does something pivotal need to be going on at this point? Or can it, like, when I did the aisles, it was like... The timed element? More like a time of year for, like, the influence of the culture and environment you're in. Could this be like a time of trade or a festival or... Okay, so it could be the reason... I like the idea of you're going into, you've been forced into the coaching. That's not a motivation for you. You have no reason to be there. You're 100% against it until, boom, your previous mentor, hey, you killed him. Eh, (laughs) I have a reason to be here. I have a reason to teach these kids. And it goes from, yeah, the kids are like, yeah, there's this coach. I don't know about him. And you're completely oblivious until you get to a turning point. You realize who the coach is. You realize who the team is. That's your motivational turn. So if you're talking about in-game at what point does the story shift from first act to second act? That would be my turning point because second act is all about training. But if you're looking for something, I think you were going for what should the time of the year be? I would say this is flexible. Okay. I think a Me festival personally. works, especially for the buildup. I also like the idea of this is not the beginning of the tournament. This is the end. That something happened to the last coach. They can't do it anymore. They quit, whatever it is, and you're brought in. So you only have to do the last, you know, one or two games maybe. And one of the games just, or your last game is going to be against the rival team. Hmm. I would play this as peewee qualifiers. It's not the main game. There's not a lot online. Yeah, there's a small pot, but for the most part, it's the in-between game that you have to host and it's still very important people are rooting for the kids there's less blood less violence because you're the sideshow but it's still important you're trying to prove to these kids no you're not just a sideshow montage 90s junk you're actually more than that and the parents are like yeah you're more than that watch me beat this guy's face in type thing i would say if you want to do a time period that makes it important do I don't know why I'm now swapping to football, but have this be this, this sport has been going for a year unofficially. It's about to become incorporated. It is almost the one year anniversary of this sport being invented and being played. And at the one year point, everyone has decided we are now going to codify the rules. So this last game that they're going to do is the one that's going to decide what should the rules lay down and written out permanently be which gives the player something to fight for that if they are wanting, especially if they're a group that quote unquote, isn't supposed to be there, that if they're wanting to be accepted into this and wanting to be a part of this, that this is their reason to prove themselves. It's not just about winning. It's about proving that they deserve to be there. And with these rules being codified, will be codified in such a way that allows them to be there or benefits them as well. One last thing that I'd like to lock in and this is something we haven't really talked about, is the rules themselves. I want to lock in this as a team that has um, magic users to some degree. These are kids, but a lot of races can learn magic very quickly. And this is a team that is not maybe not the strongest. You don't have a whole bunch of orcs, a bunch of dragonborn or anything like that. And even the elves would be training physically because that's what's expected. This is a team that's not as physically strong, but they have magic users. And so, like Casey said, this is for them to push for magic to be allowed. Because if they can show magic adds to the game, then they can use magic. Now, this is obviously not, you know, like major spells of you're going to blow up the area. But, I mean, most kids can cast, you know, Mage Hand. They can cast, you know, first level spells. 
you might have an elf that knows how to do some of that stuff. I see this really easily going into they they don't allow it because of what might happen. And one of your kids is a sorcerer that is learning to become a sorcerer. So you constantly get to roll wild magic because they're <laughs> yeah. still learning. Yeah. It could just completely blow up in their mm-hmm. face. Ooh, blood puppet. But basically <laughs> having at least one or two strong magic characters on the team. And so you have to figure out how do we incorporate them into it to make sure they can still play. Because, and that might be your major push for why you're even doing this, is these two kids want to play. Everyone else is kind of there. And so you're trying to get the brawny sports kids to play with the nerdy kids to work together. Because even in football, you've got the difference between your quarterback and your linebacker is size. You don't have a bulked up quarterback, not to the same degree. So having the variation in your kids is going to make the team stronger. You just need for that to be recognized. So your big push is for magic to be allowed. And especially most parties have at least one magic user. So that means that they can train the kids slash cheat and use magic. So I want to lock in having magic users on the team and having that be a big push. Okay. Do we want to take five minutes? We got two more points to lock in. Any other final details that we let me, know? What's let last me make two? sure we've got them. So we've got that you're a coach. We've got that it's a new sport. We've got that the old coach is an ex-mentor to a party member, and we've got that they are magic users, or I, I'm I'm going to take it from the approach of they're just underdogs. Yeah. Mm. That whatever the sport is, these people are, are underdogs, are not, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, welcome to it. Yeah. I don't think there's anything major otherwise, because with it being a new game, the rules thing can be very flexible. You can set it up like the Calcio. You can set up like football. Mm-hmm. Basically, just you have to get a ball from one side of the court to the other in some capacity that's 90 percent of sports out there one thing what we are basing our scenario off of are stories where you follow the kids not the coach Mm -hmm. and we are putting our players in the role of the coach which is a sideline character Mm -hmm. so what you're gonna need to do is find some way to where during that game that you're gonna have to describe the players are able to do something that will affect that game that will carry it over from what you're originally doing. Otherwise those players are just sitting there listening to you talk through a sports match, which could get really tedious and boring really, really quick. I have something in mind for that is more mechanic than anything else. I mean, that's all same here. I mean, that's where for me it would be having um, persuasion checks or things like that. So like at each quarter here's, you know, having a base stat for the team, Versus the other teams are like, they're going to roll whatever it is. And the better, like, here's what their score is versus everyone else. Like, they're rolling D6 and everyone else are rolling 2D20s. <laughs> That's the gap. And so the more you train them, their dice can go up. And then during the match, so to speak, it's just rolling to see how well they do. And you can, as players, can increase that stat. So you can give them inspiration. You can use magic to help them. Or you can just give them pep talks at the... Okay. Um, Halftime pep okay. talk is a blessing. That way there, the game itself is going to be very, very quick in my mind of your players get out there, you're yelling at them to do stuff and they're kind of remembering some of the things you taught them. By halftime, they're, you know, losing by five points rather than 20. So that's something. Yeah, but the thing, I, I like that and I like that mechanic. The thing is, again, what we are basing this off of, that big final game is always mm-hmm. the big point. Yeah. So that needs to be the big point in your story. Because that's proving the entire thing you've gotten up to this point of, did you get them to get along? Mm -hmm. Not, we got along, now we got to get to the game and we're going to rush through a game. Yeah. The game is the ultimate thing. That is the ultimate point to what we're talking about. 
So I like that mechanic. I like where you're going with it. And again, I've got some ideas as well that may or may not help with it, but just either for your own time, or if there's something we have that we can lock in that'll help with that, that's kind of the only thing I think we've got left. What if this Rakshasa character that is your old rival, what if that is also part of the reason that you're here and he's after you? So at some point in the game, the coaches kind of disappear and it ends up being a battle at the same time as the last game going on and you gotta duke it out while you can hear cheers or boos in the background while you're going and that can kind of be pressing like it's impacting or what if the Roxasa is cheating whether or not you are too and his life force is essentially the thing you gotta take out in order to keep him from cheating anymore he's a puppet master yeah and as I like that as a DM as you are describing the battle, instead of describing the hits and the slashes and the anything, if they get a successful hit, you describe what the people on stage are doing. That's really good. Mm. How your players are reacting. And the amount of success you're having in your battle against him yeah. is the same success you hear in the background going out on the game. That would give a really nice energy to that last fight yeah. to where the final battle is one and the same with the final game. Exactly. That's okay. nice. I like that. Let me clarify because I think I got lost somewhere. So you, your party, and the Rock Sasha coach disappear or like end up like going to the sideline to have a private fight during the game. I would say like and... there's a booth for the coaches to watch okay. the game. Okay. And that's so just where field. you end up. Yeah. Yeah. So you end up there and you end up at a, in combat with him. And the better you do, the better your team does. The better he does, the better his team does. Yeah. So, like, he's tied his life force to the outcome of the game or something. It's like Moses with his arms. I mean, it it <laughs> yeah. could be that he's tied his life force, or it could just be, stylistically speaking, mm-hmm. as you're fighting, you're proving that you were right, and your team is overcoming. And gotcha. it's just that back and forth between the two. Gotcha. That keeps the energy up, at the very Should least. Should there be a timed like element? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's lock that in. I like that. Okay. Question. Um, Should there be a timed element with this? Because, yay, you're welling on him. You got hits coming in, but... At what point does it go from, yeah, you're winning to, oh, and the game's over, you didn't win? I would make, Is there a timed element? I would make the game just happen to last as long as the fight, unless you just, everyone rolls a crit 20 and just takes <laughs> them out immediately, then it might make sense to be like, if it, if it is uh, pup, puppeteering, is that what you mm-hmm. said? If it is like that, then all the other players are just going to fall over, wake up and wonder, oh, why am I here? Unless they take them out really quick, I would just make them make the game and the fight happen to last the same amount of time as far as the the mechanic of the fight is concerned one way you might be able to skirt this it might just be that we roll that many whenever we go through combat but you could instead of actually rolling for damage as a dm play through it like it's a combat but you're really watching for crit hits or crit fails hey and whenever any team gets three crit hits whether it's your team or his, that's the winning team. So for every critical success you get in combat, your team scores a point. Yes. Okay. I think that works for me because then you could have it be even almost a friendly match. Like things just got heated or there's either another coach that shows up. I do think this means that whatever rivalry you have between the coaches, between your party and the other coach, you really need to make sure it's personal enough for the players for them to actually engage in combat mm-hmm. rather than just them yelling at him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, or even at that, if you're approaching this with the crit hit, crit fail style, it doesn't even have to go into physical combat. Do it like what Matt Mercer does with rebirth and crit roll 
how are you contributing to this combat? Are you contributing with mental skill and alacrity and overcoming them by just verbal combat? Are you overcoming them by physical combat? What are you contributing to this and having them roll it? You could roll it like combat without ever having drawn a single weapon. So would you make your players aware of that or would it? Because I feel like if you're rolling dice, they're going to want to know what's up. What Critical Role does whenever a character dies, instead of just bringing them back with the Regenerate spell, he has it be a ritual. And every team member contributes, or three team members rather, contribute to the ritual. Something. He asks them what they want to contribute. They describe, sometimes it's calling out to the god of that character. Sometimes it's leaving a or putting an item next to that character's dead body that was something that they loved in life sometimes i think one of the characters was was a rain not i think one of the characters was a ranger and had a bear and so one of the times they were comforting the bear and what matt would do is say okay that's a persuasion check or that's a religion check or that's a fighting check because one of them was i think like he used his sword or and like sliced or did something. Anyways, based upon how that roll went, it would make the revival either more easy or more difficult to do based upon what the original target number was going to be. So if you did something like that where it's still, you could still do it as a combat, approach it even how L5R does it as a social combat and have people take turns with what they're doing, ask them what they're doing, And then if they decide to pull weapons or if they decide just to talk and verbally abuse the guy and tear him down, have him roll for it. I mean, it gets, yeah, this can get clunky, but it could also be a really cool different way to approach a quote unquote combat. Hmm. So I think unless you guys have other stuff you want to contribute. What's the last lock in we need? Um, We don't have to lock it in. Just, okay. I think we got plenty. I think I'm as ready as I'm going to get. Okay. I took this in a very different direction than most probably will. So okay. I I'm kind of content with this. I had a break game moment at the very end. so I'm Mine gonna... kind of follows the <laughs> format we came up with for the most part. So. Emily, what about you? Yeah, I got mine. All right. So as we're going through this, my mind is immediately thinking, what could this sport be? And then Emily made the comment about dungeon crawl. So what I think should happen is that this new sport was invented in this town because this town was losing too many of its youth to adventuring that they didn't know how they were properly supposed to do so. So what this town has done is come to create these movable and mobile dungeons that they will be sending people through and taking on combatants, taking on challenges within these mobile dungeons that move and change however you want them to, to befit the challenges that they will meet in the real world. And you get points based upon how you go through this dungeon. What this final challenge will be, and the one that your team will be going through, is based upon the classic dungeon Tomb of Horrors. <laughs> junior edition. So, <laughs> yeah, junior horrors, edition. Yeah. So, what what would start this whole scenario off, you and your teammates come into this town, and as you're coming into the town, you see four, maybe five kids, however many party members you currently have. You see that many kids that are currently 
seemingly play fighting and you hear them calling out to one another and seemingly battling with one another. And as you come up upon them, you see them break up as if there's a fight that's broken out and they leave and one kid stays. And as you start to talk with this kid or if your team decides to go by, this kid tries to talk with you because he realizes you're an adventurer. You you come to find out that this little kid is a child doppelganger. And this little kid is trying to make himself look like one of your party as a child to bring you into wanting to help them in this competition. When you finally manage to get the team, or at least the team kind of back together, if not getting along, that's when you introduce your Rakshasa and the fact that this basically Golden Warriors, this is a group of kids from adventurers so they're all high elites they already kind of know what they're doing they've all kind of already had training with how to do dungeon crawls this rival team and now you've got this rakshasa that you know one of your fellow players has already taken down once before so you establish all of this then you have a small section in the middle that is a training montage and in this training montage introduce the mechanic of friendship tokens (laughs) from another rpg casey as you play through this training montage and you that is a really creepy smile with black makeup i'm just gonna say from across the table you look very joker-esque anyways you introduce the friendship tokens and you and your players decide what you think these kids need to be trained in and give them you know five ten opportunities to train Roll for how well it goes, and if it goes well, give them a single token. If it goes really well, give them two tokens. Once you've gotten past your training montage, you move to the main event. And at this point, you can do a couple of different things. You can either send your team in and just have them do the the conquest, and the main party stays out in the coach's box, and we have this combat with the rival coach, you know, quote-unquote combat with them, or... You, as the DM, have in advance made four character sheets for these little kids. You take the tokens that they have collected. You pass out the character sheets to these kids. You pass out the tokens to them. And you say you can use these tokens to either increase stats. Or you can use these tokens to get past certain challenges with advantage. Or even just pass them entirely if you want to. And then you've got the map in front of you for Tomb of Horrors. Pick out the four or five, maybe even six big sections in that you want them to do. And just tell them, tell the players they come upon this. And use this as a choose your own adventure with the tokens. Or dice rolls if they don't have tokens anymore. And let luck decide. I like that a lot. Nice. So that's my whole scenario. I I think if nothing else, even if you didn't want to do Tomb of Horrors... Dungeon crawls in general is a massive business that you can find on DriveThruRPG and through mm-hmm. just about every single D&D book. You can find at least one dungeon. Go in and find one that you like and just use that as your play map for this new sport. Mm-hmm. Well, for my scenario, I took it quite literal uh, Blood Bowl peewee. <laughs> and then I realized that might be too dark for where we're going, so I toned it back a little bit. Oh. This is the age where, you know, all the races are dying in combat anyway. It's fine. Yeah, and, and just <laughs> just go through and don't even use Google. Go to YouTube and type in Warhammer Blood Bowl and you will see some pretty funny gameplay. So for those of you who have no idea where all this came from, but sorry. Exactly. But anyhow, for my version, 
I definitely like the idea of it being Pee-wee, so I'm trying to stick with the original prompt, not calling anybody out. Casey! Uh, characters are forced into coaching uh, co-ed slash mixed race, and the, the idea with mine is how I would run the game is you're forced into coaching them because whatever reason, you could pull something out of a hat, or if your team is, you know, all lawful good, or just good in general, then you could play to that. So however it would work. But essentially, you are forced into training these kids, or encouraged into training these kids. They will not work together, but you're able to get them to play against themselves. You know, it's very similar to football. You pit the little ones against the little ones that you have them run together, and you have the opposing team and the team, and keep switching it up. So eventually they're like, well, I'm going to be on either defending or attacking, so there's not really a point to making best buds with one team because it's never the same. And they are now in a league of their own. Ahaha. <laughs> you have a reason to be there. You actually have no reason to be there. I, I like the idea of you being forced into it. But you have no reason to be there until your old mentor is revealed as the opposing team's coach. Dun, dun, dun. And somehow the kids never informed you of this. It's like, oh, yeah, there's this Rakshaza. He's, he's the opposing team's coach. Yeah, he's, he's like real good. You kind of have that montage of like these seven foot tall, three hundred pound players, yeah, walking past these five five <laughs> solid eighty five pounds when wet kids, and you're just standing there like, yeah, we can take them. I'll bite their ankles. So now you have a reason to be motivated. You work to get the kids moving and work together. And so whether you be a training montage, I like the idea of it being like, okay, you do this. You can roll for it if you want. I like it being sped through with a training montage because training montages suck. Nothing gets done. Okay. And then finally, at the finals, your team has to make three out of four success rolls in order to win. Because reasons. As, as like in the idea of the quarters, as far as first quarter, second quarter, so on. But three out of four works. It You can do that system however you want. But you have to fight the Rakshaza because he is puppeteering the opposing team. I very much like that idea, so I lock that in for mine. And the winner gets the pot of gold and or you can take bribes from parents because they're like, yeah, my kid sucks, but here's like five gold. Can you do something better with him? You know, like maybe give him some something. Or have somebody in the team, maybe a potions master, you know, whip up some good stuff for the kids. Not saying steroids, but something close to that. I don't know, just... Ideas, you could take it in. Especially if you have a rogue in the team who's like, you know what, I can make money off this. The parents start coming to him, you get your pot built up a little bit. You know, anything could happen. But Pee Wee Bowl, definitely with the blood. I like that. But maybe for the kids, instead of killing and, you know, blood splat in the center, it's more like broken arms, broken legs, so on and so forth. Have a team of clerics on the side. Just chaos. I love the idea of chaos. But also, it, it would be my way to absolutely destroy all the previous... 90s films I had to watch where the opposing team's like, yeah, we're, we're actually kids that are normal. And then your team has a kid with a broken leg, and they're like, ah, oh, rats, we're so going to lose. They, they got an obese kid over there who's literally stuffing chocolate into his face, and you have this kid with a broken leg. We're going to get pummeled. Because logic, and I don't get it. Sandlot made more sense than that. But anywho, um, <laughs> do you have something, Marie? Instead sure. of a blood bowl, we call it a blood shot. A blood shot? It's a smaller thing. <laughs> For the little ones. <laughs> no, my first thought was, oh, so giants have kids too. Uh, giants, baby giant on steroids mm-hmm. can't be scary to see. Or, well, I thought Goliaths. If oh, you Goliath. had three-year-old Goliaths, that was a thought I no, had. No, they they would, if this was a new game, they'd hate it because they're very fair. 
So they'd have to know the rules to be able to follow the rules. Well, that was, that's true. (laughs) That was also the group that I thought of when I was like, Russians, Goliaths. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Marie. Goliaths are competitive, but they're very fair. They would not cheat at all. Ironically enough. Also, Emily, if you're worried about like giving the kids steroids, there's literally magical spells you can do to give people enhanced strength. Enlarge. I know. That's that's why I'm (laughs) saying. Yeah, there's, there's a ton of magical spells out there. Uh, so for mine, mine is much more straightforward just because sports are weird. So your party is tasked with coaching this ragtag team. This is a team that no one really wants to be in the league and they really want to play though. They just have a hard time actually working together as a team. They want to play, but you don't have that sportsmanship yet. And you can have the party be brought in whether community service. Maybe they know one of the local clerics and they're being asked to do a favor Whatever it is your party would react to best. So they get there, and this is, Casey, you mentioned something. I had a genius moment. This is a group of changelings. Changelings, when they transform, can take on the skills of whoever they transform into. If they transform into an orc child, they have an orc strength. That's why they don't want people, people don't want them competing because they can be every team's strength at exact same time. They can have the knowledge and magic of an elf with the strength of an orc in the same team. But because they're changelings, and if you have this be an elite sport that's being set up and being codified, you have to have same race teams. They're all still changelings. So they're fighting to prove they can compete in a way that doesn't break the rules, actually keeps it entertaining. Because again, it's Four kids are supposed to be entertaining. There's bets going on. It's fine. So you're trying to get these kids to work together so they can actually compete and have a shot without just being immediately kicked out. So, because I've never seen a group of changelings to this degree play together. It'd be really fun to have them all turn in different races at the start of each match. You find out that your rival team who's there to watch these matches is run by a rival of your party. Now, I have written down is the Roxasha. You could switch this out with any NPC. I think that's important, especially if you have a minor NPC that just annoys your party. So he just happens to be the coach. And now they are determined to win because they don't want him to win. At this point, I would actually have it skip to the final match. Mm. Rather than having a bunch of training montage, they hop in at the very end. So you have your qualifying match that basically, if they win this last one, they can compete. And taking... What Casey mentioned about the critical roles process on the rebirth, it ends when someone has three points. First team to three points wins, so it's very brutal and competitive, but it's not very drawn out that way. And have your party basically, what are you doing to get your team to win? Are you trash talking the other team? Are you trying to give a pep talk to your team? Are you cheating? Are you bribing people? Are you trying to fight the other coach so they can't do anything? And basically have them roll the appropriate skill it's a bunch of persuasion checks and charisma checks and sleight of hand checks and all that kind of stuff. And they, once they hit three natural 20s, they win. However, if they get three critical failures, they lose. Now, it would be a bunch of dice rolling, so it may need to be something where it is streamlined to where the other team is doing the same thing. Just to give it more options of getting to that critical. You could also probably make it to where it's just the first to three successes as well. That way they're... Each quarter, you get to do one thing. What are you doing to help your party or to help your team? And then you roll. And then whichever team gets that three successes first wins. So you could definitely streamline it if you need to, rather if your party doesn't want to do a ton of stuff. 
But I can see very easily the paladin is cheering the team on. The rogue is over here trying to bribe the judges to get them not to do stuff. Mm -hmm. You have your ranger who's over there trying to sabotage the other team. <laughs> Just basically everyone split up and mess with people. That's what I would do for it. Um, this is very much a one shot. It's very simple in my mind. It's not very drawn out. Mostly because the party that I would be running this for doesn't know sports just like I don't. So we really would just be, how much can we mess with the game itself? And especially considering I would love to do a team of changelings, you're just telling the kids to transform into random stuff and hoping you get away with it. Yeah. So it would be a lot of fun to do that and then see afterwards, based upon how well you did, taking the idea of the dice rolls, the more successes you get during the game, the more likely it is for you to actually be able to compete next time. That would be my a sports scenario. So mine, at first I was thinking, okay, so I'm going to have an all-star team versus this champion team, and it's the best player from all the other teams that have been there so far that were kids. Um, so you'd have like your orc, you'd have your elf, you'd have maybe your goliath. That, that'd be really fun, actually. But then I thought, Roxasha's... They're lawful evil, correct? Yeah. Yeah, because they're demons, and demons are always lawful evil. And they're very magical, correct? They're able to appear as any other creature, and in their normal form, they have backwards hands. So what if you came across your rival, who's a Rakshasa, and he's a coach, but he needs a team? All of a sudden, your party is aged back to be children. <laughs> And in order to come back to your normal self, you have to complete this final game for the Rock Sasha. At that point, the opposing team can be whatever, but you are going through this. You, In this case, I think you would need to pick a game, assuming your party didn't finagle their way out of playing the final game. Just as a side note, you, can do a, you could very easily find a game with four people or three people. Mm. Just not to make another Milo Pony reference, but they have a game called Buckball where literally you have to kick a ball into a bucket and there are three people on each team. That'd work. So you could, very, you could come up with a super simple game that requires four people. What I would probably <laughs> do is based off the party, I would pick something similar. What was that one you were talking about? Uh, the the one, doppelganger? No, no, where they fist they they fisticuffs and they play oh, soccer at the same time. Or rugby Calcio Storico. That, that, I can't pronounce it. Yeah. So I couldn't either for a long time. Okay, so I would do that game, or I would literally do Blood Bowl, in which in the video game is actually set up to complement teams of different sizes and talents. You have giant rats picking, or is it just giants or trolls, picking up the smaller characters while they have the ball and throwing them into the other end zone. That is something you could do if you had the right race or right strength check or whatnot. So they could actually, you could actually play through this game you would just have to pick a game um but the environment and the reasoning a lot of that could stay the same you could go and still cheat you could go and fight the rock sasha you would probably have to take disadvantage on a number of things for being kids instead of adults but i think you going into town and then being forced to play the game itself would make for a very interesting one shot and it would make for a very interesting experience to oh i put all my time into this character now re rewrite that character as a kid with this kind of with this kind of stat set up 
So that's kind of my way of breaking what I already broke. But I I've enjoyed this one very much. Yeah, I, this is fun. This has been a really good one. This this made my brain change. <laughs> you could have them become kids just by basically cutting down their physical stats because the mental they could still keep. That's true. Um, I think like the Avengers get turned into kids several times in a yeah, lot of so storylines. Do, so does the Justice League. Yeah, but they have the same mental capacity because they're just physically aged down. So you could basically just like your strength, dexterity, and constitution are cut. I would because... increase the charisma. charisma yeah. Because kid, kids, you know. I mean, depending upon how you wanted to do this, you could even have them just transform into different beings altogether. You could. You could have them the turn dogs. into, well, not dogs, but you could even have them turn into ponies and do <laughs> the My Little Pony thing. You're going, it was like, we need, we're going to be doing polo and I don't have any horses. Hey, you guys can be shape-shifted, right? Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. But that's a good blank scenario. This was good. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to Logic Has Failed You. <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, we're going to tease that show so much before it finally comes out. <laughs> Isn't it a work progress? So if you run this one or if you're a sports fan, let us know how badly we screwed up the sports references and the rules. Sports ball. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously we play sports, right? Right. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, so let's go just not exercise any cake. It's fine. Yeah. Yes, please. This has been our um, gym period of <laughs> potato cake. This is your reminder to exercise 30 minutes a day and have go for you, a walk. Yeah, I feel like I need a shower. <laughs> have you gone outside yet today? Have you looked out at the window? Is it sunny? Okay, you're good. Come stay inside. It's too yeah. sunny. It's such a good day to just stay indoors and play video <laughs> games. So that has been a blank scenario. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. Hey, everyone. Marie here, back at you. Just wanted to say thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. That helps us get noticed by some new listeners, as well as make sure you share us with your friends, because good things should be shared with everyone. If you have any suggestions for what we should use for our next inspiration here on Blank Scenario, be sure to contact us via Facebook, Twitter, or our Gmail account. If you'd like to support us monetarily, given us a dollar or two every month, you can hop over to our Patreon page, see what rewards we have over there. If there is a reward you would like to see, let us know, and we'll see if we can include that at some point. Hello! Bob Spuds here on the scene once again, reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut-tension-full, truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy. <laughs>